This is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to the final hour of The Bench. No, the guys aren't hostage. We only have one hostage. He's behind the glass. He's eating well. He's drinking water. He'll, uh, he'll, we'll let him go free in about an hour. But until then, you're going to have to put up with us. We only have had one bad guy saying, you know, forget this. I'm going to the other station. Well, I hope we could bring you back. I, I was about to say, you know, hope the door doesn't hit you on the well, but that's not the way we do it. Hopefully you listen to us enough to where you can catch us on Sunday from 10 to noon. We are Moneyline every single Sunday, especially intense during football season. We give you all the breakdowns from ang- uh, gambling perspectives, fantasy football, injuries, everything that you want from a uh, – kickoff show that's what we do every single sunday it's josh jordan it's jerry bow again the hostage dale we'll let him loose in about an hour but let's pay off this uh texans chiefs game because we're hearing there's fans home field advantage will be in play it will and and guys i don't know if you realize how close this is i mean it's tuesday on thursday we're three weeks from the first game of the nfl season makes no sense three weeks from texans chiefs to kick it off and yeah the chiefs they've announced they're they're gonna have fans in the stands there will actually be a bit of a home field advantage for the chiefs they're gonna have approximately 22 percent of their fans in the stands i think that's around like seventeen thousand people everybody kind of spaced out man i think it's great because we we both agree we love the way the NBA looks right now, but football is going to look weird without any fans, you know, hanging out and cheering on their team. So I'm excited that that's going to be the case. Now the Texans, on the other hand, they've come out and they're just going to they're going to take it, you know, kind of week by week, month by month. Doesn't look like they're going to have any fans for the month of September, and we are seeing that the rates are declining here in Houston. So it's not crazy to think that. You know, maybe they get it, you know, 20% capacity as we get in later in the months, as long as there's not another spike. But, you know, I did want to ask you, would you go? You know, if if they opened it up 20% in October, you could go to a Texans game. You know, you're probably going to have to wear a mask. We talked about on Moneyline, the testing is getting so affordable and fast. You know, is it? we did a video about it. It hasn't hit yet on SportsMap with John and Lance, but... You know, is there a thing where you could show up and tailgate? Everybody shows up three hours before the game anyway. You go take one of those tests, and then within the three hours of tailgating, you have your results. And if you're clean, you go into the stadium, and then you know everybody in the stadium's clean. If something like that was set up, would you consider going? Kansas City uh, said the Chiefs organization, they said that they will be allowing tailgating. So it's just, to me, anywhere there's alcohol involved, and your senses are a little lower, right? I just don't see how this is going to be properly socially distanced. It just it doesn't seem realistic to me. Can it happen? Yeah, if you're only doing 20%, 22% of an entire stadium, but just the process of going in and out. And, yeah, you could put sanitation stations everywhere, but it's just I don't see football fans, you know, being so sanitary before they grab their hot dog and stick it down their throat. You know, the nachos, the, the, there's just germs everywhere. At this point, I just I was hoping that maybe they all teams would have shut down maybe the first four weeks uh, home games or whatever the case is, and then let's try it again down the line. But as of right now, some teams want it. You know, Jerry Jones is gonna uh, those money has got to be made. That's at the end of the day, that's what makes the NFL move is money, and butts got to be in those seats, and that's how they're trying to get it there. I mean, the Patriots said they're until October, they're not. I think that this is bad news, though, for say you're a season ticket holder and you want to attend the game 
and then they do a drawing and you're left out last minute, you're going to be pissed. What makes you think that if you're a 12-year season ticket holder and you're thinking, I will take the risk, I love football, football's life, I'm going to the stadium, I'm pushing on the Texans, give me a ticket. And then they tell you, no, well, you weren't selected. You know, we're only taking 20% capacity. There's 70, you know, 60% of the, of the Texans fans are season ticket holders. You are on the outside of that. Sorry. What makes that fan not think, you know what, screw this. I was already on the line about y'all anyways. You keep you and your seats and O'Brien. Like that. it's a, that's a tricky game to play with franchises. And that's why the Titans said that they're not playing one home game right now. They haven't even extended it past that. The, the, the Patriots said it won't be till October. It's, it's a scary proposition with fans because you know how fans are. They feel entitled. If that's, not, that's not my seat. I'm willing to take a chance. You're not going to give me a seat. It's like we only have 20% capacity. That's interesting. And if you're out there and you do want to go to a Texans game, say in October, if they let fans in, you know, let us let us know if you want to go. 713-780-3776. If you're out there and you're like, yeah, man, I'll go to a game. I'll wear my mask. I mean, why couldn't they be texting me, letting me to know to come in in groups, you know, to where people are, you know, socially distanced. Uh, this group can come in now. Now this group can come in. If you feel like, yeah, why not? Uh, I'll go. You know, give us a call. 713-780-3776. Let me ask you this, though, because you talk about, you know, maybe they shouldn't be letting people in this early. If you're a greedy NFL owner and you're worried there might be another spike during flu season when we get closer to the winter, do you think maybe they're like, man, let's open it up at the beginning of the season so we at least lock down that money? You know, if we have another spike later in the football season and we have to stop all this, then we might have missed out on that little bit of money we could have had. Coming from 979, I pushed my Texans tickets to next year after 14 years. So this is one of those guys. Sports aren't that important, especially if I have to depend on other people to act right. And that's exactly – there's a lot of people in that predicament. I know a few friends on on, uh, on Twitter that are diehard Texans fans that said, you know, I just pushed them back. You know, Swan, mm-hmm. shout out Swan if you're listening. She said, I'm pushing them back. You know, I'm, and, I, and she's a diehard. It's, it's, is the risk worth the reward? And then also the fact of you paying for the whole game to experience unless those tickets oh, – that's another question. Are they coming at a, a discounted price? Are you still getting the full game day experience with it being at 22% capacity? Going to a football game is a whole experience. Some don't like it because it takes a lot out of you by the time you park and you walk and you do this and you spend $10 beers and, and all this. By the time you get out of that game, you're drained, not 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 just emotionally, physically, but in your wallet too. It's It's a process as to getting up – a little bit before kickoff, pouring your own drink out of your own mm-hmm. bottle and throwing your own meat on the grill and saying, you know, I don't, I'm only in for, you know, 20 bucks, you know, whatever the case is. But uh, that's, I think, the, the predicament we're going to be in right now. But no doubt about it. we got some people calling in. Let's find out what they're thinking. Hey, Derek, what you got on the Texans for us? Yeah, man, I think uh, I think a lot of fans are going to be disappointed this year, um, you know, not being able to go to the game. And uh, it's just kind of frustrating for people to uh, to not be able to go, you know. And, you know, you said a lot of people are going to be entitled. You know, a lot of people are, you know, going to want that seed. And it's it's tough, man. Like you said, they're going to be drained. And I think, you know, only the super fans are going to want to show up and have to go through that process. Would you go, Derek, if somebody gave you a ticket? Would you go? I would definitely go. 
And, and that's, what, that's why I love perspectives because you see the guy on the text line said, football's not worth it. It's not, which he has a point. But then Derek, like he says, if it can be done properly if the NFL has the right protocol. Like, I don't know how they would go. I know Lance said use a buzzer like whenever you're at a, at a, at a restaurant and it's your turn to go in. Brr, you go in. How do you get everybody out? Because they all leave it when the game's over. That, the, the restroom lines, and at the end of the day, there's, there, these are football drunk people. There's going to be people with their senses lower. There's going to be guys that don't follow it. There's guys right now that don't wash their hands. What do you make them think that at a football game they're going to do that? I just don't see it working. Dell's mic is off. <laughs> Didn't have it up. Sorry, I had it on, but I I take it down because of the Twitch stream. I forgot to push it back up. But um, it's so difficult to think that you're going to get what are the Texans' capacity or under just under seventy thousand, something like that. Yep. So whatever the math is, depending on what percentage, let's say, let's say they have about fifteen k. Can they get those fifteen k who have decided that yes, you want you want to be there? to follow every rule that they may put in place at all times to make sure. Are there going to be attendants that make sure a certain section go to the bathroom at a certain time? How do, how do, you, how do you coordinate all of that? Now, certainly it'll be less stress because there'll be less people, but you're still, anytime you get someone within six feet, there's cause for concern. So the only, reason, the only, thing I, the only way I see it happening is – if that's a live direct thing becomes a thing where you can find out results or whatever they use, you can find out results in a couple hours. You show up before the game, you get tested, you can do the pool testing when a group of you, say you come in a group of, you're all tailgating, a tailgating group of 20 shows up. All right, we'll do the pool testing. And if you give us your samples, you come back clean, all right, all 20 of you in the building, you're good. You have no restrictions. We'll give you like a little ribbon that says no restrictions. Um, that's the only way I see it going down. You have to try to make it at, make it an environment where no one in the building has it, and then you can allow for things to happen. But unless the testing allows for it, I think Jerry's right. You're gonna, you, can't, you can't make 15,000 people follow protocol at all times. And we talk about that. I mean, Jerry Jones is saying, like, hey, in Texas, you know, the law is 50% capacity for sporting events. Could you imagine Jerry World being 50% full for games? That is a ton of people. And Cowboy fans are showing up. You better believe that. There's no doubt about it. Let's uh, Jeremiah, he wants to talk about fans in the stands. What you got for us? What's going on, guys? Y'all doing all right? Doing good. So uh, we were actually talking about this at work yesterday. They had a season ticket holder was selling his tickets on Facebook. So me and a bunch of my guys are Texans fans. The only reason I didn't purchase the tickets is because – I have a feeling that they was going to shut it down and not let any fans in, and then I would be out that money. But just from our perspective of it, I know everybody's different uh, from your line of work that you do, but me and the guys that I'm talking about, we're construction workers. So we're piled up in a refinery with 20,000 other people. doesn't mean you're right on top of each other. It's a, a lot of land you're in but you're still amongst all these guys and dealing with COVID this long, you've kind of figured out this is a little bit of the new norm. So if somebody could ensure me that, Hey, this game is going to be here, then yeah, me, my wife and my two kids, we would be going to the Texans game because Monday through Friday, I'm working construction in the heat dealing with COVID kids are going to school dealing with covid i mean it's it's part of it 
uh, as long as you're smart about it, I can't control what the next guy does. But as long as I'm smart about it and I do what I need to, I ain't got a problem with it. Would, uh, would the number of people in the building affect you? Let's say, like Josh said, Cowboys may be going 50%. The building could be 50%, okay. like Jerry Land, is, as you called it. I mean, it it wouldn't bother me because when, when you look at 50% of the – it depends on how they deem it. Is it 50% of the seats or 50% of what the fire code of that building says? Because that's actually how people do it, like uh, – Walmart and other large industries, they look at the fire code of what that building can hold the max capacity, and they cut that in half. It doesn't necessarily have to be the seats and the stands. So that's something else you have to look at and, and take into account. How are they, they ruling out that number? Is it the seats or is it the max capacity allowed in that stadium? Yeah, from reports, we haven't seen it kind of differentiate. It's just been capacity. They haven't told us what, what that actually means. Other, We all assume it means seats, uh, but he makes a, he brings up a point. What does it actually mean? Yeah, and it's a, that's, it's scary. It's a scary proposition for, for the reason that we don't know if this step forward takes us two step back. But like Jeremiah said, he works in a plant amongst 15,000, 20,000 people. They're not in one space. But again, those guys aren't under the influence of alcohol either. And I'm not, I mean, I drink. I'm not saying that, that we all act belligerent, but I'm just saying your sensors are a little bit lower. And just, I know concessions would have to be delivered to you. I don't think they could do concession stands. Well, I mean, it'd have to be like when you're at Walmart or something where you see the little feet all six feet apart from each other. Like maybe they do something like that in the beer line or the concession line, you know, where you have to stand on those little spots that they have for you. But to your point, Jerry, are people going to follow that if there's nobody there to enforce it? Or is some guy going to be breathing down the back of your neck, you know, trying to buy a beer? Now, this guy right here, 281, says, I'd go to the Astros game today in capital letters if they let me. Uh, you see, there's people on both sides of the spectrum here. I don't. I'm not going to necessarily say there's a wrong or right because everyone's situation is different. Jeremiah is telling you, man, I'm living this. I'm taking every precaution outside of sports. I'm having to live every day by protocol, doing certain things at work, taking the extra precautions. I'm ready to do it. I'm around people already. My family is willing to take this risk. I'm, I'm. I mean, how can you tell that man no? I just don't want to be in the predicament where a true fan gets told no after he's saying, man, I'm already working. And then someone else who's kind of on the line says, you know what, I guess I'll go. Then that you're going to lose that true fan. Maybe not forever, but for that moment, you're going to, he's going to say, you know, in these times, football is what I need. And you're not going to let me in the stadium. I'm willing to spend money. And is it that much different than being at a giant grocery store with people all around you? You know, are, are you at that much more risk at a, at a game than if you're at, you know, H-E-B and the store's packed that day? Let's get to the text line when we get back. We have plenty of it. We have plenty on the Twitch. If you want to get in on any of this show, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. we got a few segments left. Get your word heard and said and heard here on ESPN 97.5. To call into the HRNP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. This is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. 
Here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to the bench where we're going to call it perspective line. The perspective is different from everyone. And on Twitch, they say, I push mine back. John Carter, Virginia says, I push mine next year. 10-year PSI holder. Then you have other people on here saying, though, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell to do with my kids in school, let alone think about going to a sporting event, which is true. Now, Beerman Greg says, I would definitely go to a game. I already dealt with the virus, felt like a sinus infection for two days, but never ran a fever. I'd lose taste and smell for two or three days, but that was it for me. There's people that are willing to go still. How can you tell someone they can't if they live their everyday lives like this? That's what we're getting from the text line. For example, at the end of the day, it's everyone's decision. No one has to go. And we, are all around, uh, we are all around people all day long in stores and restaurants. That's the thing that keeps coming up in common. If we're around in stores or restaurants or if, you, Jerry, you keep talking about the beer. Well, what about a waiter? And he's serving beer and stuff to, to those guys that, that are eating at that restaurant. What, what makes him different? I mean, like I said, to each his own. I can't. I don't want to be that guy that says, "You know what? It's wrong to go to games because some guy's working in a plant with twenty thousand people." Yeah, it's interesting to listen to people who would be in these positions to make the decisions, as opposed to what uh, health experts. I mean, uh, there's a guy who's uh, I don't know if he's closely associated with the NFL, but during the season, you can go to um, at least his Twitter account and have him diagnose injuries, and he's like. He's completely against it. He's, he says any any organization who's doing this is opening themselves up in the community to an outbreak and causing one and being the center of it and a potential lawsuit. Now, I don't know how the NFL – we've seen college football ask their players to sign waivers and then that gets shot down. Now it might get brought back up because the Pac-12, or at least particularly the Big Ten, their, their parents and players are raging against it about not playing. But – this guy's like, if you do it, you you are putting everyone at risk. And others are like, well, I'm I'm already living my life at a risk. Why why would being in a less fifty percent uh, capacity stadium be any different than me being in an enclosed space in a restaurant? That, that's the question. How is this going to be with legalities for the waiver? If is there going to be a waiver for fans? So one day they can't come back and bite. You know the NFL is going to cover themselves, but it's just. Am I going to have to bring a lawyer with me? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, we well, got Jim Adler here with me at the game. <laughs> we, know, just, we know the, the SEC is requiring anyone who because the SEC going forward football and also going forward with having fans and they'll leave it up to their member institutions to determine capacity. And has already said they'll have fans at, at least right now. Everyone has to wear a mask. If you walk in that into a stadium, you're wearing a mask as a fan. So that that is their way of trying to protect uh, the, their fans. I just wonder what the NFL will do because we know things are written on the back of tickets about what they're not liable for, particularly at baseball games, because you know the baseball is hitting people and stuff. I wonder what the what what the what will be on the agreement as far as COVID is concerned, and what they're going to say. All right, you got to waive this if you want to if you want to attend the game. And that's what's going to have to happen. And it's that's going to be a, a problem itself. You know, you got that one guy that that's going to be at the gate just checking the, the fine print and saying, "All right, let me call my lawyer." Like you know, you you're getting yourself into something because you're putting you're saying, "Yeah, I want to put myself at risk." And when that risk does go down, say you do get sick, you're going to have that guy that tries to come back and and and, and sue. You know that's going to happen. It does. Everybody's going to try and work the system. I mean, that's kind of. 
how it goes, man. That, that's America. Now, Dune says this is for all the people saying, man, I go to restaurants. I go to I go to grocery stores. What's the difference? Well, people aren't yelling, let's effing go defense at H-E-B. You know, <laughs> boys ain't walking around high-fiving, doing chest bumps. Boom, touchdown, you know. Got You're, that turkey, yo. Yeah. No, it's not going on? Nobody's doing that. <laughs> nobody's doing that. Maybe the – the the. I mean, you're getting ass slaps at H-E-B. <laughs> Good game, you know. You're going to the wrong H-E-B, Jerry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, again, it's 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 we act, we conduct ourselves a certain way in, in the grocery store. We conduct ourselves a certain way at work. At the, at the at the chemical plant with 15, 20,000 amongst that many people, but at a football game, and, and you hear them, I can only do me. The people calling and saying that I would go, I can only take care of myself. I can't expect someone else. That's going to be the problem. When that one guy acts a fool in front of you, what do you do? Let's go over to Timothy on the HRP listener line. He wants to talk about going to games. What's going on, Timothy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, first of all, I love you on Moneyline. I uh, listened a lot last year during the football season. Uh, I got married last year. Me and the wife took our honeymoon and went to the Texans game. This year, I purchased ahead of time uh, the tickets for the Baltimore game through Ticketmaster. When Texans announced that they weren't going to have home games, Ticketmaster sent me my money back. I was relieved. I was uh, uh, grateful that I did get that amount back because I did spend a decent amount. I understand the loss for the home uh, for the people that own season tickets, but I would still purchase mine. And as far as the, the health concern, um, yeah, I, I am concerned because I have babies. But I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to make sure I'm around as much as I can, people that are taking care of themselves. I won't take my kids. That is definitely for sure. But I'm going to do what I can, and i got to keep trying to live my life as safe as I can and as normal as I can. Uh, thanks again, and enjoy the show. Thanks, Timothy. Appreciate that. And there you have it. And that makes sense too, right? Maybe I'll go, but you know, I'm not going to bring my kids with me. You know, that, that, that makes sense. It just sucks, though, because once you go and you subject yourself to that, that's it, the problem that's going on right now outside of sports. You know, just people stepping into the real world, their jobs. Because some would say, man, my, my job is forcing me to go back to work. Well, no job forces you. Yeah, but now I'm forced to not be employed. So, yeah, basically, it's come back to work or you're done. Okay, it's almost forced. So that guy that's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I have to go to work. I have to do everything to provide for my family. And you're going to take away something that I spend my hard-earned money on. That makes no sense. It, it's it's two sides of the field here, and it's it's a thin line to play with. And it's got to take for this to possibly work to to not cause another outbreak. It takes it's in our hands, just like it was in our hands to wear a mask, whether it works or not. Whether and I, I I truly believe in my Boomer Naturals mask. Like I know that I'm not only protecting myself, I'm protecting someone else. But there's a guy out there that says. He does, you know, and for you that don't know, I just had someone in my family, my wife's uncle, uh, he died of COVID just four or five days ago. You know what I mean? His organ shut down. He's out of there. So every situation is different. You know, every situation. Now we're coming to where the schools are doing certain, uh, that's where we're, that's the life we're living in right now, where we we're making decisions about our kids going back to school, but also having to make decisions about sports. You see this? It's just a wild time we live in. Whatever you feel comfortable for your specific family, who, who am I to tell you any different? But again, it takes precaution for not another outbreak. What do you think as far as, you know, the Texans love to keep the roof closed for their home games, right? They feel like it gives them an advantage. Do you think if they do have fans that they should leave the, the stadium open? I, I think it should be a requirement. I didn't even think about that aspect. If you have open field or, or, or retractable roof capacity, yeah, I think you have to. We, yeah, I mean, we, we're going to hear from Mark, who works in ICU, maybe he can speak to as well. But um, if that is a capability of your building, 
why why not reduce as even if it's reducing risk by 10%? Why not do it? Let's go over to Mark. He says he works in ICU. Give us some intel, Mark. Great morning, guys. My quick question, my quick point is this. If you're in a restaurant, there's only a limited amount of people that are that you're going to be coming in contact with. If you're in a sporting event and you have many thousands of people that are going to be gathering, even if you're social distancing, you're still going to be at further risk of getting, you know, getting the coronavirus. And um, that's just what my point is. Um, do I think you should go to athletic events? Absolutely. But the risk, as long as people understand that there's a greater risk of you guys coming in contact with somebody that's going to be infected. That's just my point. And it's it goes kind of to what this text says. Show me a store or restaurant that has 15,000 yelling people inside. Sign a waiver start stating you won't bog down the hospital system with your sickness if you go. So that's another thing because even whenever we weren't even talking sports, we were talking about when the shutdown first started, it was those people that were out and about partying that eventually bogged down the system. And, and many would say, well, if they're going to choose to go out and live freely and put all of us in danger, then they need to sign waivers as well. It's it's again, we're playing with a thin line whenever you're talking about going to a store, a sporting event and now legalities are involved. When people start throwing that in there, it's you ask yourself, is it even worth it? Do I need to jump through these holes? It is interesting if you added that to the equation like we live in a we live in a in a country where you probably couldn't get away with that. But if if you had to sign a waiver that if you got sick and we could trace it back to your your actions and we deemed them irresponsible. You don't get health care or you go to the back of the line as far as this particular thing is concerned. Would people risk it? Because you can say I'd risk it. But then if there isn't anything there to help you, if you do get sick, will you do it? Would you would you go? Would you go to a game if I told you, sorry, if you get covid, and we trace it back to the, the game you went to. We're not helping you. Not first. You're, you go to the bottom of the list. Ooh, that's an interesting question, Dell. I think people would hesitate because yeah. you have that security blanket in the back of your head. One, people that, and, and again, this perspective, one that say it's not that serious if I do catch it. And if I do, I, I mean, worse come to worse, I'll go to the hospital. If there's that, that resume that you have and it says, hmm, attended Ravens, Texans, nope. You know, <laughs> that that's a whole other story if you're doing it like that. But again, these are things that... It's trial and error. Everything that we're doing right now, even outside of sports, trial and error. You see that in baseball, all of a sudden we're talking about seven-inning doubleheaders. That's what I was telling you. Just think about where we're at a third into the season, a little bit over, and we're already talking about baseball seven-inning doubleheaders. That means that the ball was dropped somewhere. The planning wasn't perfect or, or anywhere close to. I'm afraid that with football, it's going to be even further from that. So we're going to learn on the go. Yeah. So far, football, as far as guys on the COVID list, even with these 80-man rosters, doing pretty well. Not, not, not a giant list of guys on COVID. My thing is, as far as fans are concerned, forget about the serious uh, stuff where you might have to go on a ventilator or, take, or take, uh, go to the hospital. What if, what if you, you checked your resume and go, oh, you went to the Ravens game? You having flu-like symptoms? Sorry. We, we, don't have, we don't have the spare Tylenol for you. Find a way to work through it by yourself since you decided. I, I would just love to f- see what people, how people react to, to the, let's, I'm going to take this risk. If I told you, even CVS won't provide you with anything because there's a limited supply. It's a scary proposition. <laughs> All you guys that wrote in earlier, I'd like to know as well, though, because, uh, as your answer for the first part was, man, I'm willing to go whatsoever. What if that 
that was thrown in as a little thing on, in the fine print. If you do happen to, to to attend this game and anybody catches anything, don't come looking for us. You know, it's you're gonna CBS is closed. I'm showing up with Jim Adler to the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm showing up with legal representation. Someone, whether it's lawyer Dave, someone's going to represent me whenever I go get those nachos, whenever I go get that beer. That's what's going to happen here. We have two segments left here on your Wednesday morning. It's The Bench on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. No, John. No, Lance. Josh Jordan. Jerry Bow, Dell. Keeping you entertained here until 11 a.m. when we pass it off to the press box. Charlie Palillo, Joe Blank, Nick Sharara. Let's go straight to the HRMP listener line. Garrick wants to talk about no health care. What's going on, Garrick? What's up, guys? I uh, appreciate you having, having y'all on the radio. Dell, this one's towards you, man. I, I just heard you said that people would people be more conscientious about what they're going to if they knew that they wouldn't get health care if they got sick? And I think the answer is, is I think people would still do it. Now, you and I, we're rational. We probably wouldn't because we understand the consequences, but just look at our um, our law system. People break the law all the time knowing what the possible consequences are, and yet they still do it. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that would prevent – it might prevent some, but not all, maybe not even most. I think people would still take the inherent risk, even if they knew that they wouldn't get health care on the other end. I just I don't think we're we're a society that unfortunately takes risks and we don't have the ability to comprehend consequences until they actually get they come down on us. So thanks for thanks for a uh, good show this morning, guys, and uh, I'll hang up and listen to see what you have to say. It makes sense. That's it. It just at the point we're at right now, the, the the guy that you've heard him on here on this show, you've heard the callers, they're saying, I've already taken my risk. You've heard me read these texts, these tweets. I've already taken the risk. I do it every single day to, to, to provide for my family, mm-hmm. to help my company stay you know, afloat. And now you're telling me I can't take that money and spend it on my own risk. Will that person sign a waiver or not? I don't know that that's going to be the, the telling line whenever, because something's going to have to happen. I don't think NFL is just going to allow people in. He makes a point about, people not acknowledging things until it happens to them. You know, Chuck Woolery of, um, what was he, on Love Connection? Love Connection, two and two. We'll be right back. Yeah, I remember that show quite a bit as a kid. He was a very, very loud and vocal on his account, Twitter account, about not believing in the, in the seriousness of the coronavirus. You know what happened? I think his kid caught the coronavirus. And he got off Twitter, and I don't know if he's got back on, but I haven't heard much from Chuck Woolery talking about how it's not real. Once his kid got it, empathy is a weird thing. People can't, people don't have it for some reason until something affects them. Until, oh wait a minute, this that happened to someone I know or someone I care about. So now I realize it 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 actually is a thing. So I think Garrick is right. I think a lot of things a lot of things play into it. How we how the how this society in terms of America is uh, has been developed, and also 
Um, I, I, it's, they still think, some people still think it's not a huge deal. And for most people, it's not a huge deal. Most people can live their lives, get it, and be fine. Others, those are the unfortunate ones who I'm more worried about than anything. I don't know if I've had it. Um, I don't know if I've been asymptomatic or I've never had it. I just don't know because my mother was around someone who had it. And the do- no, her doctor told her, unless you're actually feeling symptoms, don't come in. Yeah. Because you're opening yourself up to risk coming to this hospital anyway. So stay home. They quarantined at the, the bank for a couple weeks. Everyone who worked there stayed home. And if you feel something, come in. If not, stay home. Um, I Maybe I'm the same way. I've never felt a symptom. But you know what? Where I wear a mask is because if I do have it and I don't, and I don't feel the symptoms, how will I affect someone else? And that's the key. How will it affect someone else? Because, okay, perspective, the key word for the last hour of this show, let's call it. The beer man Greg said he had it two, three days, lost smell. That's pretty much it. Didn't have any fever. Right here also on the Twitch line, though, and my condolences go to you, KG. My wife was sick for three weeks, me and my daughter for about 10 days, and I lost my father-in-law. Ooh, Ooh, that is rough. I think part of this, too, with you know people being like, you know, F it. I want to go to a sporting event. It's fatigue. It's COVID fatigue. I mean, we're going on almost like a half a year of this. You know, so people are just like enough's enough. Like I hear about it every day. I'm, I'm I just want to I want to go do something normal and just throw caution to the wind. And like I get it. I'm not saying it's the right decision or wrong decision, but I certainly get that feeling of like, man, we've been dealing with this forever. I'm just I'm tired of it. I guess it's because the time is getting close. It's near now. Football. Yep. For baseball, we already we didn't really know if we were going to be able to do it, whatever not. But now we're hearing. Kansas City, for example, that they are going to do it, so it's leaving hope. In Three a, weeks from Thursday, they're going to do it. Fans in the stands, real people around each other in crowds, you know, screaming, screaming, drinking, you know, chest bumping, whatever. It's just that's just the way it is. And I know Dell, he had some new news about what is it? The Big Ten, they're trying to schedule their own little uh, com- within conference schedule. Well, certainly not official, and maybe it's someone who's hearing things, but nothing. Nothing concrete, but there's a guy. His name is Jeff Snook. He he is a quote unquote Big Ten Ohio State insider, written multiple books about Ohio State and college football in general. He is saying um, that that multiple teams in the Big Ten, led by Ohio State, are pushing for a six not a six game, but a six team kind of almost NFL like conference where they play home and homes. Now, Ohio State's pushing for this, according to Jeff Snook, and they're trying to convince Wisconsin and Michigan to join on. According to him, I think Iowa and Penn State are in, um, but they would like to have a couple more big boys in the equation. And where I guess the end, time, end goal would be, hey, either the Big Ten and the rest of the teams reverse their decision so they can actually have a Big Ten season, or these two teams play the Big Ten conference but in the NFL style. There would be no title game, and I guess the college football playoff could decide whether those that those six teams have can be in the playoff or not if they're playing. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you how the Big Ten would allow it to happen. But that is his that is his story, and I think Clay Travis from Outkick Outkick dot com, formerly I guess fully Outkick the coverage, has picked it up as well. Um, so allegedly moves being made to to further or at least attempt to have some sort of a Big Ten year. <laughs> it's interesting. I've seen parents flying across the nation to go to talk to the Big Ten commissioner, which I hear 75% out the door. I'm hearing that whatever's going on with him, people are pissed off. I just, 
everyone's situation is different. We talked about as fans, but what about as a parent? If 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 your son is one of those that's about to make his move and you knew that this was the year and this is everything you've built up for, if you're willing to take the risk as a parent, your son, first off, if your kid is willing to take the risk, you can't make that choice for your parent, although I believe some will. Um, how can you tell them not to? How does, okay, as of right now, how is NCAA March Madness going to work? As of right now, are, do you, Calipari's coming out talking about Having a, a a tournament within the top teams, Duke, Michigan State, like grab a, a group of the best teams and let's just do it with that. As of right now, do you think that there's going to be March Madness in March? I think the money loss forces them to find a way. They've already lost one. Um, Coach K talked about it. We can't NCAA can't survive missing out on two March Madness, missing out on two NCAA tournaments. Money um, is a, certainly a motivating factor for everything. I don't think they can. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can't. I mean, can't not do it. They have to find a way. Whether you're bubbling everyone, yeah, do it in Orlando. Don't you think they could do that? I mean, there it's almost like a bubble format for those for those teams anyway. As far as the brackets are concerned, and those pods, it's but instead of making it multiple pods around the country, maybe maybe the East region is all in one place as opposed to we're gonna play we're gonna play in Charlotte, we're gonna play in Boston. You just put the East region would be 16 teams. You throw them all in one place. You throw another 16 teams in another place, and maybe you put them in regional formats just like you would normally, but there are no, hey, we can play a game. We can play a couple games here. Everyone's in one spot, four, four bubbles, and you do it that way. But the, the question is, how do you get from a regular season that might be truncated because you're not playing conference games? The Pac-12 has already made it seem like they're pushing back till January, which kind of removes almost all conference games. How do you how do you how do you play a season before you get there? You can put on a tournament, I think, quite easily as long as you want to spend the money. How do the conferences put on games? Because there's more travel in basketball than there is in football. For a football team, what do you think about it? Football team, you're traveling maybe five times a year. Mm-hmm. It would be even less normally in a normal situation because you'd have more home games. But this time with the all conference schedule, you're probably traveling five times a year. You're traveling much more than that in basketball. Who gets in? That's the question. If if the regular season is altered, you know, do you have to make sure that the getting in process is is pretty even? You can't just go off uh, preseason rankings. You can't do that. But now, if football doesn't happen completely, college football now, and everything is just off the table, and they're talking about spring, does March Madness still happen in spring, or do they that push that back a few months? You see what I'm saying? Do they? Because having all that going at one time, that's a lot going on. We're doing it now. Baseball, basketball, and NFL about and, to start. And the one thing as far as college sports is concerned, I mean, the NCAA doesn't control FBS in anything. They don't control they don't control football in the FBS. They really don't control basketball in terms of if conferences want to put on a regular season, they can do it. Like all the the NCAA said we're canceling fall championships, we're canceling division one, division two, II, division three. That doesn't keep soccer in the ACC from happening. They could still do it. They just wouldn't have a national title to play for. They would only have to play for a conference title or a regular season title. So the NCAA doesn't control much but the tournament. So, I mean, they wouldn't be burdened anymore by having all these things going on because the conferences would control all that stuff. They would only control the tournaments. So I I think it can be done. It can be done. What can be done is this last segment. We're going to get into some funnies. I know we've been sports heavy. Let's have some fun this last segment here on The Bench, ESPN 97.5. He 
ESPN 97.5 is your home for sports talk. And now we're more talk with less commercials. Are you serious? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Houston's only FM sports station. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to The Bench. Last segment, 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. We really appreciate all the engagement uh, on Twitch, especially on the tw- uh, on the tweet line, uh, everything, man. You guys have been fantastic this morning. So let's finish off strong. Let's finish off with something a little lighter, I guess, because it was it was heavy to my heart. As a kid, I always had this one substitute teacher, man, and every time that you see that substitute teacher on the list, you knew it was movie time. Usually that's what happens with substitute teachers, right? You see a sub, you're like, yes, movie. Well, this sub always made us watch Rudy. 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 That. And yeah, it's just like how you get hype and start chanting. Well, the truth has come out about one Rudy Rudinger, Rudiger, okay? It was more of a punchline than an inspiration, says one Joe Montana, which has, I guess, more information than anybody else because he was part of all this, right? No, the, yeah, the, Notre Dame quarterback. He has some intel. Come to find out, he spilled the beans, and it's kind of a dream crusher. He says, was there a lot of things that happened? Yeah. He, Rudy, got in, got a sack. Was the crowd chanting? No. Did I throw in my jersey? No. Did he get carried off the field? He got carried off by three of the biggest pranksters on the team. <laughs> so were they just clowning him? Uh, that's what I mean. At this point, you, you know, I've watched Rudy so many times that that I'm just thinking, dang. I mean, they, I mean, you figure some of it was was added on, but I thought it was. Uh, and I, yes, a true story doesn't mean that it's verbatim or, or step by step, but still, I would have rather not heard this. Well, I mean, according to the movie, Vince Vaughn was on the team. So that that's pretty sweet. I mean, I mean, I guess Joe Montana can can tell you what really happened. I think that's pretty funny, though. I mean, it's Hollywood, guys. I mean, it's a movie. That, that, that's what you're supposed to do is exaggerate stuff. Exaggerating stuff, though. But and I just it's it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Carried man. off by two guys. Now, <laughs> mattress. There's mattress wars, isn't there? There are mattress wars, and. I don't. I mean, everybody's you know looking to make a few bucks right now, and I think this is maybe like a dream job. We have this company that wants to pay couples three thousand dollars to have sex on eight different mattresses. So you're like, so you know, how does this work, right? So they're going to pay five different couples, and the way it works is they're going to send you a new mattress every week, and for eight weeks, all you have to do is provide an honest review of how good that mattress is for bumping uglies, as they say. And then the company comes in, they, they swap out the mattress when the new one arrives, and then you give them your review of that one, and then that old mattress goes to the Palace Inn. I think that's how that works. I was going to ask, that was my next question. Where does that mattress go? Do you get it at sale price? But I guess all these motels, they <laughs> buy them, buy them at, in lots, you know? How many of these? They come in with the black light. They look at it and they're like, yeah, this one's been this lightly one's soiled. <laughs> Only <laughs> lightly soiled? And yeah. how do you get chosen over the next person? Because this sounds like a legit, you know, legit little gig. I want in on it, but what do you have to do? Send in a resume, a video? 
Yeah, I mean, that's all you have to do. I think you just have to contact them, let them know you want to be a part of it, and then they're going to randomly select five couples. I mean, and you get to keep one of the mattresses of your choice on top of all that. But then it makes you wonder, right? Like sometimes you're kind of more into it some nights than you're into it other nights. Like some nights you're just like, let's just get this over with so I can get some sleep. Are you going to downgrade that mattress because you weren't as into it that week? <laughs> Maybe, right? I mean, or you blame it on the mattress? Blame it on the mattress. It was a little, it was a little early, but I'm going to blame it on the mattress. Now, let's go over to Swiss, Switzerland. Residents of, residents of a Swiss town got bit by a bit of shock when it started snowing particles of fine cocoa powder after the villaination system at a chocolate factory malfunctioned. <laughs> this is straight out of Charlie and the Chocolate yes. Factory. Somebody ate too many mushrooms, and all of a sudden, it's snowing chocolate flakes. I don't even know what to think about this. This is 2020 for me. It's, it's strictly 2020 for me for this. I would, just Would you get your credit card out? Line it up and snort chocolate flakes. <laughs> you know someone out there is doing it, did it at the Palace Inn. No, no doubt about it. I remember we had kids in high school that thought they were cool. And like they'd take those pixie sticks and they'd open them and draw a line on their desk and then snort them. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? It's candy. I, I, it's crazy because I remember that as well. Yeah. They're just doing random things. And I heard the other day, I forget what show was talking about the first time you took a dip. <laughs> Right, and yeah. I don't even know why we're going to end the show this way, but man, I took a dip one time in class. This 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 real cowboy type dude, man, he was my boy. He was like, man, take a dip. In middle of class, we're watching a. It was like a movie day or whatever it was. Man, I put that dip in my mouth, and it was like I think it was second period. So shortly after breakfast, bro, I puked chocolate milk <laughs> everywhere. I'm talking about down the hall. So what happened was I, I put it in the dip in, and some of it got loose in my in my mouth, and I swallowed some, mm-hmm. and that was the worst thing. I don't if you're out there dipping, I don't know how you're doing it or how you how, how you became accustomed to it because. It was terrible. Like I said, I was crouched over the the the, the sink in the restroom. The, the janitor came in. He's just shaking his head. He has his, his arms crossed just like, this shame on you, man. Like, now I got to clean all this up. And, and people do that in high school all the time. Like, And they wouldn't even have, like, you know, the spit cup or you put the paper towel in it. Like, I'd see guys that just spitting on the floor, dipping in high school, and, and nobody ever noticed. Spitting on the floor? Yes, just spitting on the floor and just rubbing it in with their foot like this. And nobody ever noticed. It was hilarious. And I'm just like, how are you not paying attention to this? Long time long time ago here when we were still 15, 16, we had a guy named Spit Cup Daryl. That wasn't his real name. His name was Cade. <laughs> But uh, he got that nickname because he would walk around with just a spit cup, mm. and he would just he would go buy a drink from Whataburger. Um, I think specifically just have a cup that mm-hmm. he could walk around with all day. I'm like, man, that is disgusting. I Damn. saw a fight break out over spit cup before we get out of here. Uh, spit cup at a party, dude left it on the table. Someone else drunk came up, thought it was their drink, and, and oh. drank it. Fight broke out, man, over a spit cup. Let's get out of here, though. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us for the last four hours. It's been a blast. If you like what you heard, check us out every single Sunday, 10 to noon. We are Moneyline. It's Jerry Bo. It's Josh Jordan. It was Dale as the hostage. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. ESPN. Bye, 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 bye.